Oh. Oh. <laughs> that was way off. Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. Where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here virtually by, for the first time ever, the beautiful faces of <laughs> Tyler, Big Herbie Herbock. What up? Trey, Stinky Fingers, Jose. Yellow. And this is our first time doing a video cast because we live in a place um, that likes to get to, uh, what was it today, like 15 degrees? 10. So, Woke up it was 10. 10 degrees? So that's fun, you know? Um, so yeah, we're doing the uh, the video cast this time around and if you're new to the show this is our first time our first year recording the podcast um but we've all been playing fantasy football for a very long time so uh we just decided to start recording uh our opinions and um so we hope to pass on our knowledge and experience to you and guide you through these playoffs um you can find us on twitter at the ff fathers um, that's where we post all of our shows and communicate with the fantasy industry. So um, give us a like, a follow, um, holler at us online if you have any questions, and we'd be happy to answer them. But today we have uh, week 15 matchups. So for this episode here, we're going to be going through the early matchups, and then we'll have the late games um, on a separate show correct that's yeah, we'll do <laughs> yeah we're gonna upload two separate ones yeah one with the early episode early games one with the late games and our starts of the week um i believe this show is going to be posted to youtube too if we're planning on doing that i guess we're working this out in show yeah, yeah, we are <laughs> yeah we're working that out we we might do that yeah i keep forgetting we're on video so I get, i'm not looking hi <laughs> yeah so if you if if we do you can find that at the fantasy football fathers on youtube so um well, let's get right into the madness because um that's what this week is um first week of the fantasy football playoffs if you have travis kelsey on your team you're probably gonna win um so congratulations with that but if you don't you're navigating all these COVID players that are now out and games being moved around. I'm just going to take this year piece out because that's not working. Um, so <laughs> we're also going to try to help you navigate that. Um, first matchup, Patriots at the Colts. This is now the only game that's on Saturday. Uh, Colts are two and a half point favorites. The over-under is 45 and a half points. Um, starting on the Colts side, Johnny Taylor, obviously a must start. Um, the real question marks are in the passing game. Carson Wentz has been kind of up and down as a streamer this year. He's had some good matchups, um, where he's produced and then also shit the bed. So how are you guys feeling about Carson Wentz this week? First week of the playoffs, like, is he streamable? New England is only giving up six points per game to the quarterback in the last four weeks. 
sorry, whoever wants to go, I don't care. But no, no, he's yeah, good. not streamable. Like he's absolutely not streamable against the Patriots this week. Uh, the Patriots have been on absolute tear most of the year, but especially the last uh, few weeks, they've, they're only averaging six points a game to quarterbacks in the last four weeks. And that includes some like decent quarterbacks, you know, Baker Mayfield, even though he's hurt, Matt Ryan's middle up and down, but then you have Ryan Tannehill and Josh Allen, which granted was in a blizzard, but still like you're, you're talking about six points a game to a quarterback. It doesn't matter who those quarterbacks are. That's impressive. Yeah. The only person I'm starting in this game is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Like Michael Pittman's too inconsistent and the Patriots are too good. Yeah, I hate the matchup. Uh, so I agree. I'm not starting Carson Wentz or Michael Pittman Jr. Um, he hasn't scored a, a touchdown since week nine and is the wide receiver 40 in that same time frame. So, and, and you know, they've had some favorable matchups. And I think Carson Wentz hasn't, in three of the last four games, he hasn't thrown for 200 yards. And two of those games were against the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans. So, for me, they're unstartable. Um, Every time we so, talk about the Jaguars, we're going to have to put like an asterisk on it. Like this is the Urban Meyer Jaguars. <laughs> well, we'll get, yeah, <laughs> exactly. We'll get to the Jaguars here in a bit. But um, what about on the other side of the ball? Um, Patriots running backs, I think, is the real question mark. Do you trust Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson even as a flex in – the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Well, I'll just say uh, Ramondre Stevenson is definitely going to be a huge play this week. <clears throat> Damian Harris is out. Uh, he's been listed out for this week. So it's, it's Ramondre right. Harris or Ramondre Stevenson for sure. And it's a you Saturday game. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I did, I did a little bit of research on Ramondre Stevenson. If you know what I mean? I don't, but yeah, it sounds like he should be a must start. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be my my running back start of the week. I'll just say. Oh, okay, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> it looks um, super yeah, so good. Absolutely, must must start Ramondre Stevenson, but I think that's where the line ends. Um, I don't trust any of the New England receivers at this point. You know, obviously Kendrick Bourne can have a boom game every once in a while, but none of them are fantasy worthy, right? Uh, first week of the playoffs, and that's including Hunter Henry. I, yeah. I kind of like Hunter Henry, honestly. Um, just with Damian Harris being out, once they're in the red zone, if, they, if they're not really feeling like Leanne Stevenson, then it's going to be Hunter Henry's touchdown. Um, so I, I think he'll be okay this week. I don't know, man. I'm not on the Hunter Henry train. I mean, he's only posted, what, three double-digit games all year? Um including you know, the other game before the bye week last week, he put up a whopping zero points. So um, I just, that's tough for me. I, I mean, this passing offense isn't great and it's a terrible matchup too. The Colts are good against the pass. They're, they're weaker against the run, but they're pretty damn stingy against the pass. Yeah. I see um, what you're saying with Damon Harris being out. I think it kind of gives him a, makes it a little brighter, but he's definitely not great. All right. Yeah, kind of in that tight end two range, I think, for me this week. Um, so that's not great when you're talking about tight ends because um, you want one of those top 12 guys, you know. So, yeah, um, start with Madre Stevenson. Uh, Carolina Panthers taking on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are 10.5-point favorites. The over-under is 45.5 points. 
44. Uh, oh, 44 and a half points. Learn to read. That changes things drastically. <laughs> hey, for some people it does, man. Uh, on the on the Panthers side, DJ Moore is dealing with a hamstring injury, but it's reporting that he should be good to go on Sunday. Um, how do you guys feel about DJ Moore? The Carolina Panthers are kind of imploding, it seems like, as a team right now. And for me, it's real dicey. Like, I honestly don't really like starting DJ Moore first week of the playoffs against the Buffalo Bills. What about you guys? Ooh, man. Honestly, I don't like any of the Panthers first week of the playoffs. It, it's a rough one. Yeah. And they're and they're going up against the Bills. I no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree agree more with you. Um James, I really wish you would have used my comment that I put in there. I thought it was pretty funny, but whatever. I was smiling <laughs> at that. Yeah, it's yeah, hard to read and it. talk at the same time. So right. what is it? Uh I was when, when it comes to DJ Moore, I said the real question to whether you could, should start him or not relies on Cam Newton or PJ Walker because over the last few weeks they've shown that the only league they deserve to be in is the XFL. Oh jeez, bring the heat. <laughs> Damn. Someone, someone's been watching a lot of Skip Bayless. <laughs> <laughs> uh Josh Allen on the other side. Officially diagnosed with a foot sprain um, and is listed as day-to-day. Limited on Wednesday, I believe. Same story for Thursday and Friday, but it's looking likely that he'll probably play. It looks Um, like as of today, actually, they took him off the injury report completely, so he's good. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, so Josh Allen's good. He's a top-five quarterback for me if he's out there playing this week. So. Absolutely must start. Um, but, and obviously, Stefan Diggs. The real question is, you know, and I think Dawson Knox is honestly a must start for me too at tight end. So the real question is Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, um, and this backfield. Are you touching any of those players? Man. Cole Beasley versus Gabriel Davis is hard. Um, obviously, Davis has scored the last couple of weeks, but Beasley is also becoming a, a target monster again uh, with Sanders out, so it's really hard to call. Um, I think I'm gonna, I would lean towards Beasley just because he's tend to you know usually gonna be more consistent than Davis has been. Uh, but I mean, it, it's a tough call. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a tough call. I think. Realistically, um, and half PPR uh, from that point of view, which is the point of view that we always go off of, they're both fine. I like Cole Beasley a little bit more just because he's traditionally <clears throat> been like a more productive player. And um, as of late, he hasn't really got that many targets, but I like him more than Gabriel Davis if I had to choose between the two. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page. I mean, I honestly see the Bills kind of getting out ahead early in this one. And if that does happen, you kind of have to hope that whoever you decided to start, if you did decide to start Beasley or Davis, you, you got to hope that they they uh, they are part of that early production and, you know, getting out to that lead. Because I really think, honestly, you know, Buffalo's had a couple of tough weeks, and I really think they might just take it out on this Carolina Panthers team that's um, internally imploding. So 
do we have any word on the weather in Buffalo this week? I mean, it's horrible here up in the north of how it is in the northeastern part of the country. I imagine cold. Yeah, at the very least, it's going to be extremely cold, right? I mean, Carolina is not exactly the warmest place this time of year, but. So as of right now, yeah, cold, high of 31, but no snow. So no, like, real weather. Oh, they'll be just fine. Yeah, I see see the Bills shitting all over them. And honestly, yeah, don't start any Panthers and start, you know, the studs there in Buffalo. Uh, Cardinals at the Lions. Cardinals are 13-point favorites. Over-unders, <laughs> 47.5 points. Um, Why do they do uh, this to me? <laughs> Just make me want to do it. <laughs> the, I know, right? Got I'll us take last the week at the, at the <laughs> sports book. Won't get us again. Yeah, um, fool me once. <laughs> uh, the Lions are one of seven teams in advanced COVID protocols. Um, and Jamal Williams is still basically the only player not affected by COVID. Um, no, he is. He's the only fantasy relevant player that's being affected by COVID. Oh, I read team. that wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, so far, none of like it's mostly on the COVID issues are mostly in backup roles and on the defense side of the ball. On the offense side of the ball, the only guy that's really being affected is Jamal Williams, who did test positive. Um, and that was, I mean, that was like a week ago. So who knows what happens, you know, come Sunday, but it's, uh, it's not looking great. Cause we haven't seen a negative test from him yet. I do know if you're not vaccinated and you do get tested and, or you test positive and are symptomatic, they put you in an automatic 10 day quarantine, don't they? So I wonder if that's yeah, what he's and going so through. He's, I don't know. They haven't really specified They, You know, they're by like laws. They can't say like if he's asymptomatic or not. Um, but there are reports that he, they are still trying to get him to play come Sunday. So I would assume that means he is asymptomatic. So we're looking at DeAndre Swift being out, Hawkinson being out, Williams being out, maybe. Um, do you have any interest in Amon Ross St. Brown, who's acquired 24 targets in the last two weeks? It scares me with Hawkinson out. It's it scares you to start him with Hawkinson out. I feel like that yeah. would uh, improve. Well, no, because that means chances. that there's like there's no with your two starting running backs out, your starting tight end out. There's nobody else to guard besides Amon Ross St. Brown in this offense. Right. I, you know, I I think for me, it's like they could be from fall, you know, fall behind pretty quickly in this game. Um, in which could turn into a lot of work, at least targets for Amon Ross St. Brown. So I think in really deep leagues, um, he can be started. Those 14 oh, yeah. teamers, even some 12 teamers where people are affected heavily by, you know, COVID and injuries. Yeah. Honestly, with the amount of targets that he's getting and the fact that they're, it's almost obvious that they're going to play from behind. I know where Irby's getting at that they're going to be able to, I guess, key on him more because it's not that can be very many weapons available. But it, I think it's just one of those things where it's bound to happen because they have to make it happen. They'll be down yeah. and they'll have to throw it, and he's the person that they know can catch it. Yeah, and you still have Josh Reynolds, who's you know opening up the field a little bit for him as well. So for me, I think Amon Ra St. Brown is startable, but that's. 
that's probably the only one I would start, even though Josh Reynolds has been better than expected. Um, on the Cardinals side, DeAndre Swift, um, he's unlikely to unlikely to play with that shoulder injury. Oh, you said on the Cardinals side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is out of the rest of the season uh, with a knee sprain. My bad. <laughs> I'm getting my DeAndres mixed up. <laughs> uh, the DeAndre, the Devontes, the, the DeAndres. Dude, it's hard. Yeah, so DeAndre Hopkins out. Does that give you any interest in the other receivers for the Arizona Cardinals this week? I like Zach Ertz more than normal uh just because deandre hopkins is a, a good red zone target and with him out they're bound to be in the red zone and i think that kind of goes to zackers yeah um i mean i think you're still can start green and kirk rondell moore i think is still a very distant probably fourth option or even fifth option behind james connor in this passing offense so um but i think you're okay with aj green and christian kirk and zackers obviously yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, and James Conner obviously must start. Chase Edmonds might be good to go. Um, what was the last report on Chase Edmonds? Because I thought that it said... I think he's playing now. Expected to yeah, play. He, yep, expected to play. So, I mean, the matchup is nice. It's just how much work will he get? Um, would you guys be willing to roll the dice on Chase Edmonds going against the Lions? I would. In the playoffs, yeah. As a as a flex, if James Conner continues to miss practice, then I do like it because Eno Benjamin is not a threat in their backfield, and if they're going to be running the clock out, they're going to have to use Chase Edmonds, right? And activating someone off of IR is something that you do optionally, and they did it because they feel comfortable enough to do it, right? So it looks okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I'm not. I think because, I mean, the reports are saying that even though James Conner is questionable, he is expected to play. And I just can't see the Cardinals, like, putting that much faith in Chase Edmonds coming off of, you know, of what, a five-week layoff or six-week layoff, whatever it may be. Oh yeah, if James Connors there, I'm definitely not feeling it. But but if he if he is missing the game, then um I, I like him. He'll have ten plus points. Yeah, and I'll for sure give you that. I'm I'm with you with you know, you know, Benjamin not being the guy. That, that that's like that's what like solidifies it for me is because he really has shown he's no threat. Yeah. No no worries there with you know Benjamin. Um I feel like they would have got him involved if if he was a real threat. Uh, this last couple of weeks, but James Conner definitely just took over. Um, Jets at the Dolphins. Miami is ten point favorites right now. The over under is forty two points. Um, Miles Gaskin on the COVID list. Um, he was placed on the COVID list during the Dolphins bye week and will need to, the two tests uh, in a twenty four t- hour time period to avoid missing this week. Um. For me, though, like I still like Tua on the Dolphins' side of the ball this week. I think he's a, a solid stream. 
Um, yeah. And uh, Gaskin is actually no longer on the COVID list as of today. Oh, okay, nice. So do you start him against the Jets? Miles I mean, Gaskin or Tua? Gaskin. Both. Ooh. <laughs> really? You like Gaskin? Yeah, I, I like him. I mean, the matchup's too good. Um, they are getting, you know, we obviously will probably certainly about to touch on it. Waddle being out because of COVID now. Um, I think that might lean, you know, I love Devontae Parker and Gasicki this week. I think there, I honestly, I think there's room for all three of those guys, you know, pass catchers and running back to be efficient and, you know, put up a ton of production this week. That's a four piece, no biscuit Tua, Gaskin, <laughs> Devontae and Gasicki. Honestly, all those guys do, do sound pretty good after hearing what you were saying about Gaskin. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the matchups there, right? Um, so, and two has been playing decently. Um, I really like Mike Gesicki though at tight end. I think he could have a big week. On the Jets side, uh, Michael Carter is now activated off the IR, and Coach Robert Sala said that he expects Carter to uh, have a majority role uh, this week. Um. So if you've been holding on to Michael Carter, are you willing to throw him in the first week of the playoffs against the Miami defense who's been playing pretty well as of late? Um, how do you guys feel about that? I don't mind it, honestly. I think um, with Salah saying that he'll have a, like a significant role in the offense, um, which he did have a significant role in the offense before he got injured, you know, uh, double-digit carries for seven weeks in a row. Um, a lot of targets some weeks. You know, he was emerging in the passing game. I, def- I like him definitely on the Jets. Uh, really, compared to anybody else in the Jets, I'd, he'd probably be, like, my, the best person to start. For sure. Um, I think my gut feeling says to go with him, um, but it's a very tough matchup. I, I will admit, if you have a... It, it, there are probably better options out there, but I like I do like Michael Carr this week. Just like him coming back and probably you know riled up, ready to go. He didn't miss that. He only missed what two weeks. Like it wasn't that bad. But the Dolphins have, are the fourth best defense against running backs the last four weeks. So it's a it's a dicey proposition. Yeah, it's sketchy for me, honestly. Like, would you start Carter or Miles Gaskin? Gaskin. You have to do Gaskin for game script. It's very close, though, for me. Would you start Carter or Deontay Foreman? Mm. Oh, man. Well, the Tennessee is playing the Steelers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take Michael Carter in that situation. Um Really, when you're when you're going with the Jets against the Dolphins, because the Dolphins defense has been so good, you're really just trying to guess who's going to have like the one touchdown that the Dolphins are going to allow, because they've only allowed three actual touchdowns in the last five games. The rest are all field goals. Yeah, for me, I would probably go Foreman in that uh, decision there. I'm 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 with Trey on this one. I would go Carter. So we I both mean, think Michael Carter is going to have a touchdown then. Yeah. But and not only that, like, I mean, with the way the defense is playing for Miami, 
and there's so few options for Zach Wilson to throw to, I could see this being a check down game for Michael Carter too. What do you, what do you think about uh, Jamison Crowder with Elijah Moore joining the IR last week? Um, for me, it's honestly like we haven't seen a real connection between Zach Wilson and Jamison Crowder yet. Um, he's been throwing a lot of balls to Braxton Berrios, <laughs> um, instead of Jamison Crowder. So, uh, I'm curious how you guys feel. Like, do you think Jamison Crowder is flex worthy? No. <laughs> yeah. As he yeah, said, as I said, uh, well, at least no. That's what I. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of what I was thinking, but I was like, I'm curious what you guys think. Oh, you nailed that. Yeah, put the nail on the head there. Like they, he, they just don't have the chemistry. His usage is there. They're targeting him, and he's getting the snap share, but it's just there's no chemistry. It's not connecting. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely sit Jamison Crowder. Um, and that's pretty much it. So let's move on. Cowboys at the Giants. Uh, Dallas Cowboys are 10.5-point favorites, 44.5 over-under. Um, das, das Prescott, Dak Prescott has has <laughs> – has really struggled in three of the last four games, uh, including just 10 fantasy points against the Washington football team last week. Um, you know, who's traditionally or historically over the course of the season been bad against the pass. So it's surprising to see that. Um, are you worried about Dallas this week going against the Giants who have been pretty decent against um, the pass? Um, I mean, do I worry them about them in like traditional football terms in terms of them, them looking like a good team? Yeah. Um, am I worried about them fantasy wise? Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm thinking that I'm thinking Zeke, I think you're still good with Zeke. Um, but the past game seems a little, little weird right now. Yeah. I'd be worried. Um, just because he's so inconsistent. Um, that really worries me for their pass catchers and like people like Dal- uh, Dalton Schultz. Like right now, I'm stuck in a conundrum. I guess I'm stuck between Dak Prescott and Taysom Hill to start this week, first week of the playoffs. Who would you guys take? Taysom's playing Tampa, right? Oh, yep. geez, yeah, that's tough. Um, I'll give you one I, little nugget that'll help you I would decide. Probably go this Dak is- in that situation. Well, Tampa Bay just let Josh Allen on those designed runs go nuts. I'll say yeah. that. But Buffalo does that really, really well. And I, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like Taysom Sean Payton Hill, can't do that. No, I think they can for sure. But I don't know. Like for me, I just, even though Taysom Hill is a really good runner. Oh, man, that's tough, honestly. I'd go I mean, Taysom, too. He's a fancy stud. I mean, he does have that 20-point floor, even if he's horrible. Right. I like how you how you ask that question, even though, like, I've seen your starts of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, because I'm still considering because, you know, Dak Are with you? that offense is totally capable. He's totally capable of throwing four touchdowns, you know. It's just oh, yeah, 100%. A, a matter of whether or not it's going to happen. And, and, and Taysom Hill is just more consistent, I feel like, which sounds weird. For in yeah. fantasy, he is more consistent. Yeah, that's what I mean to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Um, Tony Pollard is coming down to be in a game time decision as well. And Zeke, although they're, they're saying he's, um, back and, and good to go. I feel like Zeke hasn't been healthy for like the last month. Like every time, uh, I watch them play, it, it seems like Zeke is hurt or just like old all of a sudden, (laughs) like he doesn't look good. He hasn't really looked good for a while. Dude, I was saying that in like the beginning so I, of the year, like he just yeah. looks like in last year he looked like he was running with like no, you know, no no sense of purpose, and it looks like he's doing the same thing. Yeah, we, yeah. Well, I think last year was a was like he his heart wasn't in it without with all the injuries and shit they had. This year he has been dealing with a bunch of little nagging injuries. He did come out this week and say that he feels more explosive now than he has in for most of the year. I mean, that could just be talk from the media, but um, he says that he finally played with a brace on last week, and that helped a lot. So I think he's, yeah, I think he's didn't look getting like there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think Zeke is startable as a running back, but I'm just saying, like, um, it hasn't been great. And I could see the Cowboys leaning on Dak a lot to get it done in this game. So. I like Dak a lot this week. I think he has a bounce back week for sure. Um, but what do you guys think about Zeke? I mean, are you 100% starting him, or is that up for debate now? Um, I'm starting him. Yeah, I definitely would. Like, um, uh, they they let the Giants let Josh Jacobs do pretty well against him, and he's been struggling all year, and they've had multiple like 100-yard rushers against him. Um, with Tony Pollard not being there, most likely, um, it, it looks good for him, even though he's running with no heart. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. If if Tony Pollard isn't playing, then obviously, um, he could have a really big week. So, and even with Tony Pollard banged up, being a game time decision, he could have a big week. So, uh, I like Zeke for sure. Um, on the Giants side, Daniel Jones is out, right? Yeah, I ruled um, out today. So it'll be Mike Glennon. Um, <laughs> are we going there with any of the New York Giants receivers? Um, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay. No, no. I just like how could you? Honestly, it's so hard. Like, like you think that Mike Glennon be able to you know see his receivers with you know the giraffe neck he has, but like he doesn't see him. <laughs> I mean, he he's overthrowing them. He like he's throwing the ball on the ground. Like he's he's not a good quarterback. Um, and even like I don't. This whole offense is trash. Like you have to you have to play Saquon, which I know we're get, we'll get to. But like you have to play him because you have because he's Saquon and you have you probably drafted him in the first or second round. But like everyone else, like eh, get out of here. Yes, Sterling Shepard, according to Roto Baller, six hours ago, actually uh, popped up on the Friday injury report with a calf injury. Of course so now- he did. So now he's questionable to play. So, yeah, for me, uh, I wouldn't want to play Kenny Galladay, whether he's healthy or whatever he's feeling like. He's been trash all year and can't count on him. So I'm avoiding it. Yeah, last week, Kenny Galladay had 88% of snaps, eight targets, two catches for 15 yards. Yep. It's definitely got to stay away from these guys. And probably zero drops because Mike Glenn just didn't see him. Um, 
Saquon Barkley is for sure playing. Yeah. Um, he was limited in practice pretty much all week, though. You know, matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. Like, is there a, a realm or a world in which you could sit Saquon Barkley this week if you're in the playoffs with Saquon somehow? Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you made it to the playoffs, you know, you made him there despite Saquon because uh, he hasn't done, most, done much most of the year. So I'm sure you have a, a remedy to what you what you drafted him for. So That's honestly a great point. I was going to say like, you yeah. might be forced <laughs> to do it, but if he's on your team and you made it to the playoffs, you probably don't need him because you made the playoffs without him. Yeah, I like that. Um, Titans taking on the Steelers. The Titans are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is 41-and-a-half points. Big Ben has been surprisingly startable um, as of recent weeks. In the last four weeks, he's only put up one um, crappy game. He's had 24.8, 19.3, 8.5, and 21.9 fantasy points the last four weeks. And it's a nice matchup. Tennessee's given up second-most fantasy points to receivers this week in my opinion i think big ben is definitely streamable this week how do you guys feel about that i i like him but this over under kind of scares me because it's so low i know we're getting later in the year and just typically over unders tend to drop with you know outdoor games and things like that but i think it's safe that he'll put up like a 17 ish point game something like that so he's definitely going to be like uh, worthy of a start. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, I know like the West Coast is, has been dumped on with snow, but the East Coast is fine. Like Pittsburgh looks beautiful come Monday or Sunday. <laughs> you know, they're like high 30s, low 40s. So they'll be fine. Big Big Ben's going to probably ball out. I mean, he did look pretty good against the um, whoever they played last week. Who did they play? Um, the, Vikings. the Vikings. Yeah, they played the Vikings. Yeah, and he, he was slinging it pretty well. Yeah, he was he was looking pretty accurate. Um, and yeah, that last throw of that game, I know we're like I know I had to bring it up now. Like that last throw of last week to uh, Fryermuth was a yeah. thing of beauty. It was, it was perfect, a perfect ball, and and Fryermuth would have caught it too if it wasn't a great play by Harrison Smith, yep. um, who knocked it out of his hands. Um, so you know, how do you feel about Fryermuth? It's he's had some good weeks, but I feel like all his all his touchdowns come at the very end of every single game. <laughs> like it, it comes down to the wire with Fryermuth. So are you worried about plugging him in as a top ten, top twelve tight end this week? I'm not because he is technically a top twelve tight end in standard and PPR leagues. Um, he is super touchdown reliant, but he ha- he's he gets just enough points to be worthy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if he scores a touchdown, you know, all will be well. Um, it's it, it is a, not an easy match, though. The Tennessee Titans defense has been better as the years gone along, and even when they were not a very good defense, they were actually pretty stingy against tight ends still. Uh, on the year, they're only giving up about seven points a game, and actually in the last four weeks are slightly worse, um, like almost eight, but... That's not a good matchup, but if he scores, then that's all that matters. And when they're in the red zone, he's the one getting all the looks. Yeah, he's he's an automatic red zone target. Um, 
and I think he's startable. Um, Deontay Johnson, obviously, he's a stud. You're starting him. But what about Chase Claypool after his um, significant blunder in last week's game, uh, celebrating instead of getting the ball to the ref? Uh, do you think Claypool is startable here first week of the playoffs? Take it on the Tennessee Titans. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, they seem to be throwing the ball to him more, and I know it's a big mistake. And honestly, knowing Tomlin, it does kind of make me second-guess it just in case, you know, <laughs> that, he might take it, like, too serious and give him less looks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the doghouse. Yeah, that's my take. Mike Tomlin doesn't give a fuck about your fantasy football playoffs, and <laughs> I think I think Chase Claypool is going to be in the doghouse this entire game. Because this isn't the first time in just the last few weeks that Claypool's you know made himself a fool, not only on the field but off the field. So, I mean, I think Tomlin's kind of fed up with him. He's gonna you know put him in his place this week. Well, to I, to counter that though, he does have like a the body type and skill set where you at certain points in the game you're gonna have to use him whether you want to or not. Yeah, I have the opposite take. I think um, you know I I can see what you're saying about Tomlin, but. I think Tomlin let him know this week in practice probably, you know, he let him know what's what's up. And um, and he's probably going to want to see Claypool come out and, and redeem himself and, and you know, go out there and, and give it everything he's got to make up for it. So I could see Tomlin, like, giving him some looks just to be like, okay, let's, let's move on and go make some fucking plays because you've screwed everything up last week. So... But I totally get what you're saying. I mean, I could be totally wrong. He could be in the doghouse. Might not even, you know, see very many targets. But for me, I'm on the I'm on the opposite side. I think I think they'll get him involved this week, and I think you have to, given how shitty the Titans have been against the pass all year. Um, so I like Claypool this week. Uh, what about the Titans? Tannehill, I don't think he can stream this week. He's been off and on as streamable, but I don't really like him this week. And as far as the backfield goes, I mean, I like Deontay Foreman, and that's it. But I'm not sure how you guys feel. That's exactly how I feel. I like Deontay Foreman, and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even sure if I like Deontay Foreman that much against this defense. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way of putting it. Honestly, I like Deontay Foreman like when he's compared to the rest of the Titans. I guess <laughs> right. Right. Would you go yeah. Foreman or Foreman or Freeman? See, this is like a trick question almost. Hey, like, <laughs> Devon- Devontae Freeman. It. Yeah, on the Freeman. <laughs> I like Freeman. Yeah, I'd go Freeman also. Um. Julio Jones is expected to play. Um, are you flexing Julio Jones if you've been sashing him? Coming off of IR? Well, he played last week at all five points, so probably not. Yeah, that's a prayer. Yeah, Total it's, prayer. It's... But someone has to score for the Titans, right? Yeah, their defense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Julio Jones did lead the team with six targets, but didn't do much with it. 
and that's kind of been the story all year. He's gotten looks, just hasn't done anything since like week two. Um, yeah, I'm. I don't think you can start Julio Jones, which sucks. Unless you're in a really deep league, you know what I mean? And you're trying to decide between, like, him and Marvin Jones. Like, I would start him over Marvin Jones. I would start him. Would you guys start him over Marvin Jones? And that's close, honestly. Dude, the, the problem is, like, the Jaguars are such an enigma right now. Like, how do you, like, you don't know who to start. Other than yeah, James Robinson, like, who the hell else are you supposed to are you, We don't know what's going to happen in Jacksonville. Right. You know, you know for sure that Julio has a chance to lead the Titans in targets. Now, for what that's worth, you know, who knows? But Got two nickels. Um, <laughs> you know, he did it last week, so he, he could he could do it again this week, and hopefully, two nickels like fifty-five fantasy point, double fives, double fives, <laughs> fifty-five fantasy points, maybe ten <laughs> fantasy points. Um. All right, so not starting Julio Jones. Um, anyone else? Any other receivers you want to start if you're not starting Julio Jones? It's on hard to decide. Yeah, on the Titans. Nah. Nah. I mean, I was, yeah, I agree. I was looking at their, their tight end, and like their tight end situation just sucks. They don't really give anyone a good amount of snaps. It's, it's just hard to predict. Uh, on the Jacksonville Jaguars side, as we all know, Urban Meyer is gone. They're playing the Texans, by the way. Oh, you mean oh. Urban fired? <laughs> you jumped oh, yeah. to the next matchup. Sorry, I went to the next matchup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Texans taking on the Jaguars. I forgot to do my little intro part there. Uh, Jacksonville's three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is only 39-and-a-half points for this game. Over. I'll put a hundo. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Um, I'm, I'm confident it'll be over though. I kind of, I kind of like that too. Um, just, what? Just like two inept defenses against two inept offenses, and just you assume the offense is gonna come out on top. Pretty much, it's an unpredictable game, man. Like, super, so then why uh, would you bet on it <laughs> if it's that unpredictable? Like, why would you bet on it? I think unpredictability leads to more points. In some situations, it can go either way. I, I I like this being like a definitely more than forty points. Watch, That's watch. Just because you guys said that's gonna be like a six-three game. Yeah, I know, Brad. Don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> it is a low over/under though, so that's Texas win three to two. Appetizing. So <laughs> Urban Meyer's gone, right? Urban Meyer's never to be seen coaching a football team again, at least in the NFL. Um. That experiment is over. Thanks. So, <laughs> as we all rejoice, where does that leave you with the Jacksonville Jaguar weapons, um, including this week with kind of a juicy matchup? I'm kind of, I'm going to wait it out this week if you can. Obviously, you have to start James Robinson. I feel like it, it seems like. It's almost too obvious, which kind of makes it seem like it won't happen. If that makes sense. That James Robinson's going to have a good game. Um, besides that, everyone else is it's too unreliable. You got to see like how they play with their defensive coordinator as head coach. I think offensive coordinators uh, Daryl Bevel. Yeah. Daryl right, Bevel. Bevel. Yeah. 
Daryl Bevel did come out and say, you know, James Robinson is their starting running back and he will be used as such. Um, so that's, that's really nice. And also Carlos Hyde is out for sure. So I'm kind of in the same camp as Trey here. James Robinson must start and the rest, I would wait and see how this offense develops before trusting them in the playoffs. If they're even on your roster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with you guys, I mean, as I, I mean, I just mentioned it in the, well, you brought up Julio versus Marvin Jones that the Jaguars are such an enigma right now. It's too hard to figure out who's going to be, you know, who's going to be what and who's going to be the, the lead. Uh, James Robinson is your only like safe bet. But even then, I, I mean, for what Daryl Bevel says, I doesn't mean a whole lot to me. I mean, he was the Seahawks offense coordinator last year. We had, you know, a top 10 running back in Chris Carson, and then he decided to ignore him for most of the season. So, Ooh, see, that's interesting that you brought that up because, um, I was going to say, like I kind of was saying earlier, isn't it kind of weird how it's like when the whole fantasy community is like dead set on something, doesn't it make you second guess it sometimes? And everyone is dead set right now in the fantasy community that James Robinson is going to just go off now without Urban Meyer, which it seems true, but like everyone's so dead set on it. It's one of those things where you're just like, hold on, are we like, are we all making this not happen? You know what I'm saying? And since you brought up the Daryl Bevel thing, that makes even more sense. I mean, I think for this week, I think it's pretty safe to say he'll have a a good week in fantasy terms because of one, the matchup, and then two, the necessity. Like Carlos Side isn't even an option this week, so I mean, who else are they going to turn to? You know, um, I imagine they want to. Daryl Bevel has seen what has happened to Urban Meyer, um. And at some point, it's also on Daryl Bevel. I mean, yeah, of course, Urban Meyer was the head coach making all the decisions. But at some point, Daryl Bevel is going to be like, hey, James Robinson has to be in the game. And who knows? Maybe Urban was just like, no, he won't play under my watch or something. But, I mean, Bevel's been there all year. So, <laughs> you know, like you've, you're the offensive coordinator. So at some point, it's on him as well. But I, I got to imagine with all the – the shit they've been taking he's got to give james robinson 20 plus touches this week i would imagine against houston he can do a lot with that and that's what everyone's thinking but i don't know when all the fish are swimming one direction you know you kind of look back like what are we all doing here yeah (laughs) i I agree with that it's kind of like with betting too and you know all the money's on one team it's like uh oh We've made a mistake. Um, on the other side of the ball, it's it's Brandon Cooks, and that's it, right? That's startable this week. Or do you risk playing David Johnson with Burkhead being out? Well, is David Johnson back? I thought he was out still. Uh, I believe David Johnson is back or is expected to play this week, and Burkhead is looking unlikely to play. Yeah, and with that being said, it does push David Johnson into startable territory just because running backs, you know, we say it all the time, it's just so hard to find someone who's getting a majority of carries. And with Burkhead out, that does give Johnson a majority of carries. I know Royce Freeman's there, but I'm not really that worried about him. Um, It's not going to be nothing spectacular. Actually, five hours ago. So at the beginning of the week, David Coley said... Rex Burkhead, Burkhead would be out for sure. Um, but now he's saying he's questionable. 
So now it's looking more like a committee approach if if Burkett is playing because Royce Freeman is also in the mix as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like I was saying, Royce Freeman, I don't feel like it's not a factor. Um, I'm still approaching the situation if Burkhead is out because he did announce him out like prematurely, but now he's questionable. So even then, I, um, I, I'm still leaning towards him being out. And if he is, I would start David Johnson. If he is in, definitely. You, you can't do it. It goes back to the committee. Ty, you feel the same? I don't know, man. That's it's tough. Like I like like honestly, your reasoning's there, but man, it kind of makes my stomach go up, you know, a little queasy. Like just talking about it. Well, like in our home league, I'm gonna start David Johnson if Burkhead isn't playing. That's the same home league where I drafted Derrick Henry and then traded away David Montgomery before Derrick Henry got hurt. So I'm low on running backs. So I mean. And this is a 12-team league. It's either him or uh, it's either David Johnson or Naheem Hines for me. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So there if Burkhead does David play, Johnson. I mean, yeah, even if Burkhead plays, I might have to start David Johnson, which sucks. Yeah, yeah. you're you're basically praying uh, Burkhead doesn't play at that point. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm also starting Michael Pittman after us saying we do not want to. <laughs> Doing a lot of things I don't do want to do. You got to do what you got to do. It's a competitive league. Um, yeah, but so Brandon Cooks, David Johnson, if you have to, um, and that's it. Surprisingly, David Mills um, threw for over 300 yards last week, which helped Brandon Cooks a lot. 11 targets, 8 receptions, 101 yards. So I think Cooks is a solid start. I think he's a good start. Yeah, I agree. And as far as Davis Mills goes, I think he is a risky guy that might be able to help people in the playoffs just because of the fact that they tend to play from behind and he's proven that he's capable of throwing for a lot of yards and uh, getting points from it. You know, I mean, he he had a 300-yard, three-touchdown game against the Patriots way back in week five. 300-yard game against the Rams. That ended up being 20 points for him. And then, like we said, 300 yards last week. So, I mean, he's definitely capable of getting the yards, and he might be able to help somebody out. Yeah, I mean, in a deep, maybe two-quarterback league or super flex league, I could definitely fire him up. I would start him in a super flex league, I think, because he has free reigns now. They're, they're going to use him for the rest of the year. They want to see what yeah. they got in him, and the the way he plays is essentially going to affect how they draft. So he, he's going to be playing his hardest. Yep, trying to earn another contract. <laughs> Make sure they don't uh, draft a quarterback in the first round. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, um, Yeah, all right. Well, that'll probably do it for the early games, right? That's all of them. That do be them all. So make sure you tune into our uh, late game episode. We'll also have our starts of the week in that episode for you. Um, so yeah, catch that episode and we'll see you all later.